Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sancho Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we are still cranking out NWSL 2022 team-by-team previews during this NWSL preseason. Today, we are going to take a deep dive into Angel City FC. But first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. If you're listening to this as a podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review. It just takes a second and it really helps us out. You can do that on Apple Podcasts on the five-star rating review page or on Spotify right on the Attacking Third page. Go ahead and give us a five stars and give us a hand. Lisa, we're finally going to talk about an expansion team. We're doing Expansion teams. Heck yeah. This is hard. I mean, writing this rundown was difficult. Yeah. Talking off mic, it was like, okay, we yeah. don't know what to expect. We have nothing to go on just based on these players' experiences at other clubs, in college, at in other leagues. Um, luckily, Angel City, we know their head coach pretty well from her tenure in the NWSL. Uh, we'll dive into all of that, but it's really difficult to kind of predict what's going to happen for an expansion club. Um, but we got some tricks up our sleeve for for what we're predicting for Angel City FC. How are you today, Sandra? I'm doing good. You know, I know we were like excited to finally get into the expansion clubs because we were like, you know, they might be a little bit different. There might be a yeah. little bit of a different, you know, kind of uh, tempo that we're t- like having on this podcast just because it is an expansion side. It's not as if we've got a 2021 regular season to sort of walk through uh, with the expansion club. So for Angel City, I'm excited to dive right in. Let's do a little bit of a team overview as best we can. We're going to go through their off season because that's what we've got to go through in front of us. Uh, Angel City really been involved in the mix since quite frankly, their introduction to the league, they went ahead and and announced a a big wave of investor group uh, to sort of bring women's professional soccer back to the state of California, Uh, went through a little bit of a rebrand. They got presented as Angel City and like investor group. Then they, they stood with Angel City FC as the name. Uh, Then there's been the launch of of the crest, the colors, the jerseys, everything. Right. And in the midst of the 2021 NWSL season, uh, which was a lot of preparations starting to take place ahead of their arrival in 2022. The team announced that they were going to have a new head coach and that that was going to be Freya Coombe. She was announced in August of 2021, was formerly with Gotham FC, was a big part of trying to have a hand in the turnaround of that franchise and sort of get them on a new and better direction, right, for the years to come. And now she's going to have a new challenge, kind of maybe doing something similarly, right, with with Angel City. We're talking in terms of this, this big 
mountain of a franchise, Lisa. There's over 50 investors and co-owners amongst this star-studded lineup for them. Just some of these names that are jumping off. I mean, we can even go with the initial founders, right? With with Natalie Portman, Nevi yeah. Wambach, you know, uh, Julie Ehrman, who's really been in the front of everything uh, for this franchise since uh, since they've been introduced. But even recently, right, with some new additions for this ownership group. There are a lot of females popping off this list. There are some males in this list as well. But the fact that they have so many investors and so many owners, some of them even children, a couple couple toddlers on this list. Most recently, uh, Christina Aguilera, Gabrielle Union and her daughter, uh, Sean Johnson, uh, Olympic gold medalist and gymnast, uh, Sean Johnson East, uh, Rachel Zoe, the, the fashionista, um, just so many different people wanting to get involved in women's football in LA. And everyone knew for the last several years that if a women's team was started in LA, it would cause a lot of chatter. And that's exactly what Angel City has done and continues to do with the investors that they're getting, the owners that they're acquiring with the money and the statements that they are making off the pitch, giving a portion of ticket sales directly to the players. There's just so many different headlines and storylines circulating around this club that frankly doesn't even involve what's happening on the pitch. And, and maybe that's kind of the goal of Angel City to be so much more than just an NWSL club, to be a brand, to be a marketing tool, to be a statement in the community in Los Angeles. There's just a lot of different layers to this club that it's easy to look at and, and look at all of these crazy names, Julie Foudy, Abby Wambach, like you mentioned, Lindsey Vaughn, Candace Parker, that are involved in, in the investment and the ownership side of this club. But I want to focus on like the the soccer on the pitch, because as much as having Abby Wambach and Julie Foudy involved in the ownership, they're not playing. They're also not coaching these players on the pitch. So let's stick with the soccer. I don't really know. I mean, it's fun to look at this and it's fun to see the goals and the plan that Angel City has, but they still got to perform and create results on the field. You know, we did a um, a way too early power rankings episode back in December, really at the height of the offseason getting kicked off for NWSL. And we were a little ambitious with it. You know, we put them at seventh, you know, in December before the expansion drafts even took place before we even had an inkling of who they were going to try to select, right? The moves that they were going to try to make, uh, you know, and in terms of our previews, what we've been doing in this series is we've been, you know, giving segments where we talk a little bit about, you know, these, the biggest, you know, breakout roster sizes. We talk about the most detrimental loss or, or biggest loss for a club, but, you know, considering angel city is an expansion side, you know, they technically haven't lost anyone yet. Um, we're going to maybe take this time to, to highlight their first ever roster for the 2022 season. Uh, as follow, let's start with the goalkeepers, right? They have Didi Heritage, Sydney Casalia, Brittany Eisenhower, Maya Perez. For defenders, they've got Vanessa Gills. They've got Sarah Gordon, Paige Nielsen, Ellie Riley, Allison Swaby. For midfielders, Hope Breslin, Katie Cousins, Stephanie Ferrer Van Ginkle, Savannah McCaskill, Lily Nabet, Katie, or excuse me, Kari Ricaro, Mary Taylor, Danny Weatherholt. And for the forward line, they've got Simone Charlie, Clara Esme, Jane June 
Endo, Tyler Lucy, Katie McClure, Kristen Press, and Jasmine Spencer. Let's maybe take a look or chat a little bit about this roster and how it came to life, right, Lisa? Uh, there was a very active transfer window that took place in light of a double expansion draft that was happening, and Angel City was absolutely active. They were 100% taking the phone calls left and right. You know, we saw a ton of movement happening during this transfer window, and then even with the expansion draft, taking the time to go ahead and select from from the clubs that were still participating in that expansion draft. So I guess when we're looking at maybe this preseason roster just in front of us, who's maybe a couple players that stood out to you that they acquired over the course of the offseason, whether it was via trades negotiations or during expansion draft or NWSL draft? This is a big list of players, a lot of different skill levels coming from a lot of different backgrounds. But I think it's important to note um, what kind of started this whole process for Angel City, and that's acquiring the rights of forward Kristen Press from Racing Louisville, who had her rights from Racing Louisville's expansion draft back in 2021. Uh, she never went to Louisville, Kentucky, never put on a flower jersey in lavender. However, Angel City was, she was their first signing and it was kind of like the face of Angel City way back when was going to be Kristen Press. Forward for the U.S. Women's National Team who is from Southern California, had always dreamed of playing in her home city of L.A. and, and playing for her club team there, something she has never been able to do. So that's what kind of started all of this player development for Angel City. And I think that's really important to kind of look and touch on. Then I think the next, I mean, uh, that was just what started it all and not necessarily a surprise to have Kristen Press go home to LA. However, biggest signing for me after that initial wave of Kristen Press being signed was the trades made between Chicago Red Stars and Angel City FC for defender Sarah Gordon and midfielder Julie Ertz. I think that having these players being traded, of course, Julia, it's not listed on this roster for Angel City FC, but Sarah Gordon is. She was Iron Woman for Chicago Red Stars in 2021, played every single minute on the field in a center back role for Chicago um, throughout the regular season, leading Chicago to an NWSL championship match against the Washington Spirit. Sarah Gordon, a player that has come a really long way since starting in this professional league in the NWSL and solidified herself as a game changer in the back line for clubs. Um, uh, she can run down defenders. She's so speedy. So like we talk a lot about defenders and how they can play with the ball, but Sarah Gordon plays her best without the ball as a defender should. She's so good with 1v1 defending. She doesn't get beat over the top by long balls because she can chase down forwards and and tackle them from behind. She's a really smart soccer player that doesn't just rely on her athleticism and her speed to win the ball, but she relies on her smarts and her soccer defending abilities to play really good 1v1 
defense against opponents. So this is a huge, huge signing um, for Angel City, one that really stands out to me. Now, Sandra, for you, when you look at this, I mean, there are so many big names. I mean, even Simone Charlie stands out to me, Kari Ricaro from North Carolina. But for you, uh, I'm not going to list all of the roster because it all (laughs) is surprising for me. But for you, is there any particular player that stands out that you think is going to be a really good fit looking at the rest of the roster? You know, I I really like what Angel City has done to try to flesh out their roster with a combination of smart deals that were made right during that transfer window, gauging interests uh, well from other teams by extension, the players who were perhaps eager or interested in making a change in their career. Something that stands out to me across this roster alongside uh, maybe some of the international signings is that there is a level of NWSL experience that is coming into play with this team. And while maybe that could echo true for expansion teams in the past, we're just in a different little bit. We're just in a little bit of a different era now when it comes to NWSL and players and and their experiences that they've had in the league for any future expansion teams joining the fold. We're talking about a league that's entering the 10th year of of its existence, right? And looking, yes, at a player like Kristen Press, who absolutely was that key first player signing to kick things off, but even going through their expansion draft, right? Selecting a player in Danny Weatherholt uh, for their midfielders and going on and selecting somebody like a Jasmine Spencer for the forward core, I think is going to come into play down the stretch, right? When we're looking at a regular season for NWSL and how much we talk about how long of a grind it can be, right? How maybe how quickly it is to have a really hot start, but then fizzle out down the stretch, right? We see that happen all the time with clubs uh, in this league. But I think having a good mix of experienced NWSL players, with players who are eager to sort of make that next step. I really like the addition of Simone Charlie in that forward line and then looking at somebody like a Jason Spencer who has constantly been uh, a role player for so many teams, right, throughout uh, and NWSL teams. But I'm also looking at their international signings as well. I think bringing in somebody like a, like a June Endo into the mix, a Japanese international, is really huge. Uh, and then maybe these are, maybe I should refer to them as like domestic international signings, right? Because they've got a pair of former Tennessee players in the mix, right, with Mavignola and also Katie Cousins, who played together in Tennessee, then went and played overseas together. And I said, and now making their return uh, stateside and finally going to make their NWSL debuts after having a couple years of playing professionally overseas. So I like the vast mix of players that are here. You can look through every line almost for Angel City and find an experienced NWSL player. You can find an intriguing and an interesting international player and so on and so forth. It's, uh, It's exciting. It's so crucial for an expansion club to have those experienced players, to have international players that can bring experience from other leagues and other clubs into this expansion side. Because uh, right now, Angel City is laying a foundation for the club, for 
the rest of time to come, right? I mean, this is a club that's really looking to make its big mark on the NWSL. And it starts by bringing in experienced players because you can't start a club um, with all rookies or with all new players into the league. But having that mix is going to be really, really important for head coach Freya Coom and, and the future of this club in the NWSL. When it comes to taking a look at this roster, I think maybe the expansion sides, right, are probably the, going to be the most difficult teams for us to sort of say, this is who's going to be in the starting 11 come uh, opening day. But are there any players out here uh, that you're looking at in terms of this this young prospect that has to make an impact quickly with this Angel City side? For me, it's it's Mary Alice Vignola, who is MA. She goes by um this is a player that Angel City went after. She was the second official signing of a player after Kristen Press for this Angel City squad. She went to Tennessee. Uh, she spent the last two years playing in Iceland overseas, and she's a defender. And in Iceland, um, yeah, she had eight goals in 30 games as a defender. She ended up winning the league with her most recently with her team in Iceland. So she's a player that has a lot of pedigree at the international level and playing overseas. Now, as a defender coming in, it's it's going to be difficult for her to kind of crack into that starting lineup. But I think she can do it because she is a player that Freya Coombe had her eyes on and, and wanted to bring over. Um, but it is her first year in the NWSL. So there's going to be a bit of a learning curve. Can she lean on center back partners like Sarah Gordon, Paige Nielsen, Allie Riley also on this squad that can teach her a lot heading into this 2022 season. So this is a player that Angel City made a lot of noise about, and I'm excited to watch and, and see how she makes her mark in this club and in the league for the very first time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm very, very excited to sort of see uh, a player like Vinola get in the mix. I mentioned Katie Cousins. I would probably maybe put yeah. them together, right, as as two players to, that we're excited to sort of see take their uh, next step in their professional careers and doing it in NWSL. And then we talked a little bit about across how each line there's even experienced players uh, on this on this roster. And I think in terms of uh, a player that perhaps this club can lean on or look to in terms of leadership on on and off the pitch, uh, someone who'll be able to maybe impact a game when you need it the most. Uh, I'm still looking at that forward line. I'm looking at a combination of, of Kristen Press and Jasmine Spencer. I think these are two forwards who have had outstanding careers when you look at them in their own respective senses. And I think when it comes to building something up, right, being able to sort of be there at the beginning stages of something. Both of these players have a little bit of that experience, whether it was somebody like a Kristen Press trying to have her role be what it was in Chicago, trying to be this go-to person, you know, on the pitch for, for players around her who were much younger than her already being young at that time. Right. I think it was very, very huge. She was forced to be a leader very, very, very early on. And somebody like a Jasmine Spencer who has got, who has had the experience of having to go to a team and kind of having to start over. Right. And kind of having to quickly find your way and find your place in a club and, 
and amongst its culture. Uh, I think these are two players that they'll absolutely be relied on for their experience moving forward. In terms of an international spotlight for this club, gosh, there's there's many, right? We talked about several uh, already. Uh, and I know that uh, in light of a World Cup qualifying year, we're likely going to see somebody like Kristen Press get back in the mix with that national team with the 2023 World Cup right around the corner. And uh, I'm sure others are going to be looking uh, at her performances uh, as well. I think you have to look at that because Kristen Press hasn't played in a really long time. Um, So now that she has a club team that she has a lot of pride in in Angel City and and being in L.A., uh, she's definitely someone to watch that will break her way back into the United States international pool uh, with head coach Flask. Vlakovandinovsky. Um, I think you have to look at that. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of international players on this squad. Vanessa Gies, um, they just different players that can combine and do a lot of different things. But Ali Riley with New Zealand, um, just it's something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. I think that international level, they're going to be watching expansion clubs like Angel City to see what players can do, what kind of leadership they can provide at this club level for an expansion club, and then seeing how that could translate to the international level. Uh, But this is a big year for Angel City and for the two expansion clubs in the NWSL. I I don't know if they're going to be able to live up to all of the hype maybe that's coming with it. Sandra, what are you thinking? There's a lot of it, right? I think when you kind of come in the way that Angel City came into the fold, you're placing a lot of expectation, yeah, on yourselves, but uh, quite frankly on uh, supporters that you're asking to to ride with you, right, throughout this this journey. And that ultimately, I think, leads us to our biggest burning question for Angel City entering the 2022 season. Can they break the cycle? An expansion club has not come into NWSL and gone directly to the playoffs in their first year. Can they break that expansion team cycle? I don't know. What do we have for the projected finish? We said earlier at the top of this segment, Lisa, we did an attacking third power rankings episode during the offseason before this club made any moves and any huge additions before they did their expansion draft. And we had them at seventh on the table of a 12 club standings. Is it changing for you at all? I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Angel City, I think, to break into the playoffs. Um, I I don't know where they're going to finish. We've never seen them play before. We don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know if uh, what's going to happen with their kits, what's going to happen on the pitch, how they're going to play against opponents, the type of style. I mean, we have a little bit of an insight into what Freya Coombe wants to do because she was with Gotham, formerly Sky Blue, um, and we know how she liked to play there. But she also has a very, very different pool of players at Angel City. And when you have a player like Kristen Press that you're looking to build your attack around, it changes how you're going at things. You don't have players that Freya Coombe had at Gotham, like Midge Purse, Ifiomanamanu, Carly Lloyd even. So that changes what's going to happen. Can Angel City be the team, the expansion club, to break that cycle of, of not making it into the playoffs? Honestly, yes. I could see that happening for a club like Angel City, just based on the pedigree of players that they've already established on their roster. 
However, I, I don't know. I mean, right. It's going to take some time to see what, what they kind of roll out with. Do you think they make the playoffs? Listen, it's tough here. Yeah. It's tough here. And that's, I say that as a compliment. It's tough out here in NWSL. It's something that this league prides itself on. Even we saw, even in an expanded playoff format for the first time, where there are now six teams that can make the NWSL postseason, that it took until the final week of games to settle out what the table was going to look like. I'm going to stay with that range that we stood in December because I want to come back here and be proven wrong. I want to talk about something magical and I hope it happens uh, because it would be a first. We love to talk about first here, uh, second, third, but for now, with everything in sight, I'm going to stay with a lower table finish for this team. I mean, it's, it's almost a win if they don't get 11th or 12th place, right? You know what? Honestly, that is true. For a very long time, there was a similar narrative maybe around Houston Dash where it was like, well, we guess that their best season was their first season where they almost made the playoffs, question mark, right? This was back when it was just top four teams. And maybe that could be a, a similar energy. If they don't finish 11th or 12th, is that going to be viewed as a successful season? I guess it just depends on how uh, people define success for themselves personally. Mm-hmm. But we'll be paying attention to it. We would love to see a shocking season from one of the expansion sides. Angel City, we're waiting for you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our uh, Angel City FC 2022 preview. We've got full team-by-team previews for all 12 clubs in the NWSL coming up, so please stay tuned. You can drop us your thoughts about Angel City on Twitter at Attacking Third. Or you can do that in the comments. If you subscribe on YouTube, visit youtube.com slash attacking third. But don't go anywhere. We have an exclusive interview with Angel City forward Jasmine Spencer right after this quick break. Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third. Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman joined with a special guest. We are so pleased to have player interviews alongside our team-by-team previews ahead of the 2022 season. And today we are joined by Jasmine Spencer, forward with Angel City FC. And first time on Attacking Third. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to to chat with you and uh, hearing all of the wonderful noises of preseason and what that means. Uh, but it is your first time on the show, like I mentioned. So, I mean, we're gonna we're just gonna keep it easy breezy to start with. Uh, how how's it going? How was your off season? Was there anything uh, off season non soccer related that you got to do, participate in, uh, maybe take a little bit of a break? Uh, Ooh, I mean, not really. My family owns a food truck, which is, I guess, pretty cool. So I spent a couple days working on the food truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, no, I just hung out at home and enjoyed some family time. A food truck. Yum. What kind of food are you serving? Where is it located? How do I get some of this? <laughs> plug, 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 plug. <laughs> it's called jam and jerk. Uh, my husband and, uh, father-in-law are like the the main chefs, but it's a a family ordeal. I don't, I don't do the the cooking. I'm the register girl, Um, but it's great. So it's a Caribbean cuisine. Oh, if I go, if I go to to jam and jerk, I can get, can I get like some, some pineapple jerk or is it just straight jerk or. Oh, it depends. So there's a special every week. So the menu, but jerk chicken is a staple, uh, curry goat, 
uh, oxtail. Those are like staple items that are there. Beef patties. Um, and then there's like a, a specialty soup of the weekend and uh, another specialty dish that comes up. You, you got to follow them on Instagram. Jam oh. and jerk. <laughs> Plug it. it. Plug it. I love that. Okay. So I know you said you don't cook and you are the register girl, which very important, right? You have to ring everything up. Do you ever get a say in the special, the specialties of the week, like uh, input in the flavors or what should be the specialty? Um, I love jerk pork. It's like not, it comes probably like once every two months, but I, you'll find me on the truck the, the weekend that it's there. <laughs> Awesome. So I know what I'm ordering uh, when I go there. That is fantastic. Hit them up on Instagram. What's the handle again, Jasmine? Jammin' Jerk Cuisine. Jammin' Jerk Cuisine. I am so pumped to go follow them. My mouth is already watering about that. Um, so off season, you were busy. You were in the truck. You had a, you had a lot going on, um, but you were selected in the NWSL expansion draft in this offseason by Angel City. Were you surprised by this selection? Um, and how did you find out that you were heading to Angel City? Um, yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, you know, these things like it's so hard to predict with who's going to end up where. And, you know, maybe they're eyeing a player and then somebody else gets taken. It's like, you know, you flip a coin. So um, I knew the opportunity might happen. And then uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. But when it did, I was really excited. How did you find out about it? Oh, actually, that's a funny story um, because I get like really bad draft anxiety. So I don't watch any any drafts that I could be partaking in. Um, so I went to the gym and I missed Annie's call ahead of, you know, the selection saying that they were going to take me. And I came back and my niece ran in the room and was like, Auntie Jazza, I saw you on TV. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I got taken somewhere. And then uh, my agent called me and it was like, we're going to L.A. So actually, my niece was the first one to break the news to me. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. Uh, now it's uh, it's official, right? Preseason is underway. Uh, players are getting are back in the market, lacing up the cleats. You know, but when it comes to expansion sides, you know, entering the fold of, of NWSL, you don't have unfamiliarity there, like the expectation to sort of build uh, things up. So it's very early in the in the preseason right now. We're talking about the first couple of weeks. So what what is the the vibe in these early days of, of preseason right now amongst the roster? Yeah, it's it's been great. Honestly, from day one, the intensity and the quality and the level of play has been there. And it, it's been so fun to be a part of it. I think the beauty of being an expansion team is uh, you get to set those expectations and those standards every day. And so to be a part of that and um, the front office staff has done such a good job of like building the core of the group already. And um, it's just like so fun, really good group. And the locker room vibes are great. Uh, the intensity on the field is great. And so um, I think I think we're going to be an exciting team to watch. A new club, an expansion side in the league. However, for you, you're a veteran, a forward with a lot of experience. How does being a veteran in this league help you with an expansion team? Yeah, I think it's important. And we have quite a few on our roster, which is really big because we kind of know what it what to expect. We know what the, the games are going to be like. We know the competitive level. We know what it takes to um, get into playoffs. We have people who've, who've won the league before, won the regular season, won the championship. And so um, all that's really helpful in, you know, uh, gelling with the newcomers and people who maybe have international experience, but not 
particularly NWSL experience, but everyone is really hungry and it's a really nice balance between vets and, and newcomers. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, maybe something that's another thing that's personal to you. You're a big environmentalist. You started a clothing brand a few years ago. Jazz it up. I'll ask you off mic about the best way to get the merch. But let's talk now on mic about the actual brand. Why did you start it? How did it come to life? And uh, why is something like this so, so important to you and so personal to you to to spearhead this? Yeah, for sure. I think um it's something that I've always been passionate about growing up on Long Island. Like I, I lived at the beach every summer. Um, I just love being outdoors and I've always just felt a special connection to nature. And so, um, and I studied biology in college, you know, like this is, this is something I'm very passionate about. Um, and so when I started jazz it up, it was about four years ago. Um, I first started it as headbands and thought it was a good way to connect with fans and, you know, just, grow my own personal brand. And when I started to, you know, do a little bit of deep dive about the fashion industry, I realized that so many of the practices were detrimental to both the workers in the industry and the environment. And I was like, I don't think this is common knowledge. And I have this great platform. So I want to grow the brand and really use it as a way to inspire and educate people about how we can do better by each other and the environment. And it's been really fun and, you know, something that I'm new to, but growing into. And it's just, yeah, it's really exciting. You are so passionate and you have been passionate and vocal about your uh, enthusiasm for the environment and for the community and and giving back. And, and you mentioned that when you were uh, drafted to LA that you were excited to get out in the community. Now that you've, you've been there, I know you're really involved in the soccer and it's preseason, but have you had a chance to experience the LA community or, or what are your plans to really get involved there in Los Angeles? Yeah, I haven't um, done too much hands-on stuff yet, but I've taken a couple calls with some really amazing organizations in the area. And I know that Angel City themselves have done such a good job of um, cementing ourselves in the community already. So I think between the two, um, we're going to have a lot of really cool things in the works coming up. Um, and I just think it's one of the coolest things about this club, you know, that like we are, of course, a sports organization, but we represent so much more. And um, building that relationship with the community is really only going to help us be uh, even bigger uh, staple in the city. You know, for you personally on the on the pitch, you know, you've had time with all kinds of different clubs different coaches throughout different leagues, right? Different players playing alongside of you. And as these first like early days with Angel City go go by with you, have you had some time to reflect at all of like what you personally want your role to be within LA this year? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I actually was talking to my family about this. I think I have loved my journey and uh, all of the clubs and people that I've played with for that reason, I feel like I'm finally in a position where I feel complete as a player and now just want to let that shine on the field and help the next generation come up um, and, and find that in themselves as a player. I think I wouldn't trade any of the moves, cuts, trades, waves uh, for anything because it really just helped me mold me into this, you know, very versatile staple in the league. And, and I love that. You are versatile. You are staple. I love that. I love that phrasing for you. And it's so nice to hear that you feel complete with your journey and where you are. So when you 
uh, reflect on your career and how far you've come and you just take a look at the year ahead of you, the 2022 NWSL season personally, what goals do you have for yourself in this season? Yeah, I mean, I want to first and foremost do whatever I can to help the team win. I love winning. Actually, I think more than I love winning, I hate losing. I lost in our little tic-tac-toe relay this morning, and I'm still angry about it. Um, So whatever role the team needs me to do to help us win, I will do, um, and I'll do it proudly. But uh, I always want to be considered one of the best. So, you know, making a best 11, being in consideration for those types of things is, is obviously a goal of mine. But um, for sure, just winning uh, is number one. You know, here on um, on attacking third, we've uh, been in the process of of celebrating the historic CBA, and we're still keeping that energy going through preseason, honestly. And for you, you know, uh, a veteran player of the seat, you're someone who's been involved in NWSL in some capacity since its inaugural season with a number of different clubs, and. As we are celebrating this historic event, we just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the the newly ratified uh, CBA. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I hope everyone keeps celebrating and I, I hope we take this momentum and push it further and further so the game can continue to grow and um, the women athletes in this sport get everything that we deserve. Um, but it's it's huge. The league is only 10 years, which Seems like a long time, but it's still fairly new. So to be able to get the CBA at at year 10 is huge. And, you know, for those of us who've been around the sport for a while, this is our third time at a women's professional league in this country. So I think, you know, even going back to those pioneers and the WUSA days, like it's just celebrating all of the people who have fought to get here today and saying, like, look what you've helped us do. And we're here and we're going to keep building and, and pushing the game forward. Something about this CBA and and when you kind of read the fine print of it, it is so obvious that it is a direct reflection of players' experiences and what they have gone through and what they've witnessed and seen, whether it was through themselves or through their teammates. And those are, are the points that were put into this CBA. Is there a point that really stands out to you or resonates with you specifically in this CBA? Oh, I mean, there's so many. I, I feel like free agency is huge. Um, obviously, you know, having a minimum salary and and the financial uh, resources available is also huge. But people feeling like they're in control of their own career is huge. And I know um, it's something that I've lost a lot of teammates along uh, along the years because, you know, they were in a position where they had to choose like being close to family or going somewhere else without their consent. And they stepped away from the game because of it. So knowing that there's an opportunity to finally take control of your career and be where you want to be, that's going to make you happy. And then therefore play your best is, is huge. I'm with you on that. I think we have been uh, celebrating the CBA uh, throughout these early days of preseason. And I think as we continue to have conversations with players um, on board about preseason energies uh, that we're still going to be talking about it. So thank you for uh, sharing a little bit of your perspectives on that. A lot of the times with these uh, guest segments, we like to close out the interviews with like having a little bit of fun. And we chatted a little bit already about food at the, the, top of the the segment. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to keep that energy in a similar way, but we're going to move to beverages, right? So a lot of what we've been chatting about 
with these players is uh, things have come up in terms of preseason. Like it's about getting back into a routine, establishing a rhythm. Right. And part of that, a lot of times is either like uh, the, the pre or post training or scrimmage or game type of beverage. So it's a two-parter. Uh, are you predominantly a, a coffee drinker? A and B, if you are, what is typically a, your go-to beverage as part of your routine? Uh, I actually am not. Like a long time ago, somebody said that coffee stunts your growth. And I felt like I, I couldn't afford any more <laughs> things to take away from my height. So I just never started drinking it. And now it's like too bitter for me. And I just, yeah, I, I'm not a coffee drinker. Jasmine, that is hilarious. Tell the people that maybe don't know how tall are you? I'm five feet and a quarter of an inch. That's right. Don't you deny them that quarter of an inch. Every quarter of an inch counts. And then when you're wearing your cleats, that gives you another quarter. Let's just make it five one, right? Like, let's just go for it. It's, it's official. I love that though. We've been having a ton of interviews and I've been doing it as a two-parter question because I'm like, we're going to get somebody. Someone's going to come in here and be the combo breaker and say, actually, I don't drink coffee. I love that it was uh, for, it was you, Jasmine, for, for this one. So uh, thank you so, so much. Uh, we appreciate the time, as always, whenever we get to spend some time with players. We always like to take the time at the end of the episode to thank our listeners. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Jasmine, thank you for joining us. Best of luck in the 2022 season. Follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. And if you leave us a five-star review on Spotify, you can also do so on Apple Podcasts with a question and we'll answer it during our mailbag segment. We're also available as video, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash third, and we'll be back with more ahead of the 2022 NWSL season. For Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Jasmine Spector, this was Attacking Third.